Welcome to Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, a podcast that focuses on what is happening in education today, connecting everyone to the movers and shakers that are breaking boundaries in the education arena. Hello and welcome. This is Jamie from Linked Up, Breaking Boundaries in Education, and I have my podcast partner, Jerry Kemble, here as well. And today our topic is going to be on global goals. Uh, you know, Jerry and I are both super passionate about this because we both have uh, participated in uh, global projects in the past. So with these global projects, our goals always are to break down those classroom walls. We want to connect students from around the world and really get them involved in real world experiences and empower them to connect and collaborate and create with other students from around the world so that they can develop solutions and then of course inform an audience for the greater good. We want them to learn how to make a difference in society and really be productive citizens. I know that when I was teaching uh, in the classroom back in the 90s, uh, I had my middle school students do projects with uh, school in Uganda, school in Australia. Um, we did other domestic projects as well. But really just moving outside of our own school, uh, instead of being myopic, instead, really just share with others. Did you have fun experiences like that, Jerry? Oh, my goodness, yes. I, I was so fortunate to have the opportunity to work in a school in China for a couple of weeks and then also in Africa. And those have been my two great experiences. And I cannot think of a better time for us to start thinking about this global collaboration, right? This pandemic is not a national affair, it's a global affair. And so the work you're doing, Jennifer, is fabulous. So our guest today is Dr. Jennifer Williams, and she too is passionate about global education. She has quite a resume, so fasten your seatbelt. She's been in education for 25 years, and she's been an education activist. I love that. I love that you're doing things. A professor, a school administrator, a literacy specialist, and a classroom speaker, or speaker, teacher. She speaks, writes, and consults on practices on global perspectives and social good. Two things that are so near and dear to both of our hearts are the global perspective and the social good. She's even written a book through ISTE called Teach Boldly, Using Ed Tech for Social Good. And I love the title of that book. Really great. She champions teachers to use educational technology purposefully for the planet and for the people. She's a professor at St. Leo University and the co-founder of Teach SDGs and the nonprofit organization Take Action Global and the president of ISTE Education Leaders PLN Board of Directors. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you, Jerry and Jamie. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, we are thrilled to have you here. We love hearing about the work that you're doing. And, you know, I, I tripped up a little bit on Teach SDGs because I'm not really sure what that is. Can you tell me what that is? <laughs> Let's dive into it. Yes, I'd love to share. So for anyone in your audience joining in today, not familiar yet with the SDGs. So this acronym stands for the Sustainable Development Goals. So these are SDGs, the global goals. 
These um, sometimes are referred to as the goals. And we as a world uh, came together in the year 2015. So countries, um, citizens, educators, students, we all are on board for these 17 goals to reach by the year 2030. So the United Nations has been leading this effort. And now I have the great privilege of working with teachers from all around our planet who are also committed to these goals. So they range from things like life on land and life underwater and um, no poverty and clean water and climate action. We actually have our very own goal, which is SDG number four. So quality education for all. And so that's where I've been settling in with all of my work um, these days. Well, now that you talk about it, I have heard of these goals and quality education for all this year has been quite a task in the pandemic for you. Um, the one other thing I wanted to ask you is through the education, are you promoting some kind of change in education? And if so, what might that be? We are. So our work around um, the SDGs started in 2015, but for a lot of the teachers who are doing the work, this started many, many years before that. So I, like both of you, was doing global projects. I was in K-12 and doing global projects. We were early adopters with technology. And so it looked different back then. We were, uh, we'd have to find a ministry of education in one of the target countries. So we're in, Flo I'm in Florida and the school I was a principal at, we um, were a Montessori world school, pretty utopic environment. We were on 14 acres of land. We had horseback riding for PE, so it was great. And we were committed to building global competencies. So we would find a school, we were, um, we were every day, our students learned Mandarin Chinese, uh, Spanish, English, and ASL, American Sign Language. So we would connect with countries who spoke this target language. And so if, let's say we wanted to speak to a classroom in Spain, we had to connect with the Ministry of Education to then find a school that had reliable Wi-Fi connection to then have a teacher who was willing to take a risk because we probably have trouble. And so that took many months. Now, of course, we know now today uh, we find each other on Twitter and we can make that happen really quickly. So um, for me, those types of learning experiences were the ones that my students, uh, we went up through grade eight, they were coming out and saying, those are the ones that are really gonna change the way that I approach my future. And so we, we had some great opportunities to be able to travel abroad and go visit some of those schools that we were working with. And so in 2014, I, I left my, my role in, in my work in K-12, moved to higher ed and started trying to connect with any educators I could who might be interested in, as you mentioned, Jerry, transforming education and doing it from the bottom up um, and with teachers who really cared about this work. And so at the time, um, a lot of the teachers I would talk to, they like, we've got to find ways to connect globally and have these projects where our students are working together. I think, Jamie, you had mentioned for solutions and, and finding ways we can take action for the planet. And, um, you know, 2014 uh, was quite a long time ago now with all that's happened with technology. And of course, even in the past year, we've seen so many changes. 
But at that moment, a lot of teachers would say like, great, I'm glad that someone's working on that. But honestly, I have enough issues. I have classroom management problems and I have um, local community concerns. And that's just not something I can take on. They didn't necessarily see themselves in the conversation of global ed. Um, but then when these SDGs came out, and if you take a look at them, you can see there's a poster and um, there's these sharp icons and brilliant colors. And so teachers, as I mentioned, they started to say, well, of course I've been doing work around gender equality or clean water. Um, that's been my whole career. And so they started to understand where they did fit into this dialogue on, on the global stage. And so the work we do, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about it, it's really about finding ways to lead with inquiry. Um, the projects that we run are for, they're free for all, they're for students as young as age three, all the way up through university. So when you think about from a design challenge, how do you create instruction for students from many different countries, um, across many different age levels, and you do it through inspiring them to just start asking questions. And um, so I think what we've seen right now in education over the past few years, and I know you both do a lot in the ed tech space too, is we've seen this um, move from consumption to creation, which is great. Like, how are we getting our students to create, to share their stories, to research? For me, it's this next level um, from consumption to creation to taking action. How can they take action in a, in a, a real way that um, is not just a scenario, but it's something that they can build on over time. The, the teachers there to co-create with them, we're all figuring it out right now. So we're learning together and uh, it's just, I'm constantly learning and growing too. And it's just been really just such an exciting time to be a teacher. Yeah, you know, your passion is obvious, right? And I, I, and I always wondered, you know, because I obviously, you know, I had an America Online account I asked for in my classroom. No one else was really using the internet back in 1995, but I, I found a project through um, um, Washington State University actually back then. So I asked and they said, sure. So we, they dropped lines in my room and we, you know, waited, we had to have a plan A and a plan B because we knew we'd be waiting, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, for you know, a good 10 minutes, right. Uh, sometimes. So they always had something to do. And then we had, I had one student in charge of the one computer that was in the classroom that was against the wall with the drop, right. And so that was the student who was monitoring. And then we all, you know, were able to share and that's how I got started. But I always wondered why it wasn't as common and not happening as much as it should be throughout the next decade. And whenever, and so in the 2000s, I left the classroom, I was technology coordinator, and I became um, a professional developer. So whatever I was in there for, I always tried to embed this. And just like you said, it starts with a lot of what I did was environmental. So, you know, problems with wetlands. Okay, well, we can identify the benefits and then, you know, the struggling wetlands and how to help them. But instead of saying, wow, that would be great to do some of these and move on to the next unit. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. And let's talk about the, the differences around the world and how we can join forces to do that. And so that's where, and I think that hits the nail on the head because some teachers feel like this is something extra and yet they're already doing it. They're already identifying these. 
the buy-in is there. It's about finding the time. So um, really realizing, well, it's already part of my curriculum. It's not something extra. So, and when you empower the kids to do it and you motivate them, you know, that makes it that much easier. So I, it really, it really, you know, it's, it's tricky, but once you get going, I think that motivation is there and the incentive is there. Um, but tell us about the global, I mean, the, uh, the goals project that relates to this, because I know did it just end or are you just in the middle of it? It just ended two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago today, actually. And so we, um, with Teach SDGs, we have, so Teach SDGs just kind of exists as a movement. It's not organized as a nonprofit. We started off as two educators and then moved to 17. And then now we have over 50,000 educators who are bringing the SDGs to their classroom. So with our work with Teach SDGs, we really started off the, the UN task us. Um, it was kind of a crazy story. We had sent a tweet way back when and said, who's bringing these goals to schools? Teachers need to be a part of this work. If we're going to reach these goals by 2030. We need educators and students to be a part of the process. And they answered and we went to New York and you know we were like, this is wild. And they tasked us um, as a group to just kind of survey the scene. So HXDG started off just as a space and hashtag really. And so we said, um, we want to advocate for the goals, be more of an awareness type of group. So we, as people started to have awareness that the goals existed, then they started to say, okay, I get, I get the what, but how, how are we going to do this? So a few years back, we organized this project. So it's called the Goals Project. It's got, I love the evolution of uh, how it came to be because it came from a student's idea that I, one of my students, I, I'm at the university level and she, her name's Amy. And so she had left me, graduated, and she had her first year teaching as a kindergarten teacher. And so she, messaged me on a Thursday and said, tomorrow is my first day of summer after teaching my first year of kindergarten, can I take you to breakfast? And you know, as a teacher, if your student calls on you, can you come to my soccer game or what? You're like, I'm dropping everything, <laughs> I'm there. So I met Amy and she's sharing all about her year as a kindergarten teacher. And then she was like, oh my goodness, you're gonna be, you're gonna be so excited. You'll be really proud of me. And I think to your point, Jamie, on your, when you were 1995 doing this back then and you're like, what, what happened with this decade where this didn't happen? I, I really think a lot of it stems back to our pre-service teacher program. So if we're not doing this with our future teachers, they're gonna continue to do the way they were taught. So I really tried to bring in ideas of global collaboration, with my undergraduate and graduate courses. And so Amy lit up in our breakfast and she was like, okay, get this. So my mom, we're in Florida. She was like, my mom's a teacher in North Carolina. Um, she told me about this project around the letters of the alphabet. So the English letters of the alphabet, 26 letters. And so these were teachers just in the US and they did it just via email. It didn't have like a, like a video conference component. They were each assigned a letter. Oh, the, the fairy tale folk tale cyber dictionary? I don't know. I don't, she didn't I tell me the name. Yes. Yeah, like I've done this project. Yes. So she she loved it. Like it changed everything for her. So they were assigned H for hippo. And um, so she did her project and she shared about her hippo ideas. And then they heard back from some other classrooms. And I was like, 
I love it. It was, it was exciting for her students and they had a really good time. So, you know, when, like, as teachers, when someone tells you, like, an idea that they loved, you're like, okay, well, how can I, how can I do something like this? And so I'm thinking 26 letters of the alphabet, 17 SDGs, maybe I can find 16 classrooms who would want to join with me in a project. We'll each take a global goal and, you know, we'll make it happen. So I went on that night, that was Friday. Uh, I went on, I went on, um, I made a quick, like, $50 website with had a link. Um, I made a quick logo, which I like totally air quotes of logo because it was just like <laughs> nothing great. <laughs> but I got, I got the point across. I gave it a name, the goals project. I had a hashtag. I learned that from TGSCGs, put a hashtag on it and see who wants to join. So I put it out on Twitter the next morning and um, said, you like big news because it was big to me. And anyone who want to join with me, I'm looking for 16 classrooms to join. And so within about a week, we had, I think about 400 classrooms. Um, and by the time we kicked it off in September, that was our first year, we had about 2000 classrooms join. So the goals project began. So we just had our 2021 version and it, it finished up two weeks ago. We, we doubled in size, um, I think, where we're at with the pandemic, we have accelerated in our use of technology. Our world's gotten a lot smaller. We were wondering about a year ago, will people still wanna do these projects? I know teachers are overwhelmed and, and we have so much interest. So uh, teachers come together. As I mentioned, we have students of all ages. They go through a six week process where first they learn about the goals. A lot of our classrooms have never done a virtual exchange before. They are new to using some of these collaborative tools. Um, they're showing up based on trust. Like, I don't necessarily, you know, probably Jamie, when you did that in 1995, you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. You know, innovation is quite messy, but I mean, I'm gonna give it a go. And so we join with our teachers as uh, facilitators of this learning experiences and our students learn about the goals. Um, they're each gifted a goal in week two. So we tell teachers, wrap it in a box, uh, put that goal in a box, and then let the students guess what it's going to be. What is their prediction? What do they hope it's going to be? What do they think they can make an impact on? And then they become experts on their global goal. And uh, over the next few weeks, they create uh, an impact campaign. They talk about storytelling. They, how are they going to share their idea out with the world? They're doing research. They're doing interviews. They're getting feedback. The whole process and then at the end we have a celebration of learning which is our day of solutions and so we all come together and all of the classrooms are able to share their ideas we had 3600 classrooms participate this year from over 120 countries and it was pretty darn cool so that just finished up. So we are, uh, we're just still like getting all of the information and putting up the presentations. We're, we try to use all free tools too. So um, we have a Padlet and so you can go on and you can see. And so I had a teacher yesterday tag me and do a tweet and someone was saying, I'm interested in learning about ways um, I can involve my elementary students as environmental stewards because a lot of the work we do is around climate change, environmental justice. And so I said, and so someone tagged me and they're like, check out Jen Williams EDU. She might be able to guide you. And I'm like, 
I can point you in the right direction. I just had 3,600 students that are giving you project ideas. <laughs> Check out this Padlet. And so kids leading the way, truly, like really they are the teachers. So at the end of the project, they are that master of the SDG. They teach about it and then they can go and learn about the other 16 goals from students just like them. It is so exciting. And I was following it on Twitter. I didn't realize it was that many classrooms. Yeah. Wow. I know we hoped for 17. <laughs> That's all I hoped for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it is so, and really what, what I, and I have, I have a webpage that I share with teachers when I do PD that takes them through, um, it gives them some links to different places where they can connect. Um, and then also sharing a typical process. And I think, you know, part of that process that's so important is, of course, all of the content and the action they're doing, but it's those connections they're making as well. So I always, you know, you, you have to dive right in and get to the work, but always take that time in the beginning to do introductions and get to know. And I remember when um, we were just doing it through email back then, but they emailed pictures and just seeing their faces, it was just, it was, it was, they hadn't experienced anything like that before. It was really exciting. So, and then get into the content, even more exciting. So I just, I am so in awe of everything you're doing. It's my passion. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, so glad you took it to that level. Now, Jennifer, did this inspire your book, Teach Boldly? Or how did your book come around? I would think they would be connected. They are kind of all connected, yes. So, um, so I'm, you know, by trade, an English teacher. I always grew up just like reading, writing. Uh, that's my method of sharing. And so really just kind of put authorship up on just like this pedestal of authors. They have. I think today it's, um, it's much more attainable for people to be authors. An author doesn't have to be in a book. It can be, I mean, you guys, what you're doing and creating a podcast and um, sharing stories and blogging and micro blogging and, and social media. So it's, there's so many more ways of getting messages out, but I always did dream of, of writing a book. And so ISTE, so anyone not familiar with ISTE, it's the International Society for Technology and Education. And that kind of, um, that kind of became my organization. They were interested in, in technology by, by their name, interested in technology, um, as I was interested in innovation. And then they also had that international global component, which I really care a lot about. So they had approached me. I'd been, I, I speak for them in their conference and um, they said, we were thinking about doing a book around um, global collaboration. And we'd love for you to consider authoring that book. And I was, because a lot of the work I do is around global ed. I was like, yeah, that's really exciting and interesting. And then I started to kind of move through that process. And for me, it's global collaboration. Um, it's, and we've even seen it since Teach Boldly came out a few years ago. It's almost just collaboration now. Like it doesn't matter where, you know, we're all around. It doesn't, it's just, you're working together. So I said, global collaboration is almost like a subset of the work that I really believe, which is, is social good. And, and, and social good for us as teachers, it's not necessarily similar to what we were saying, it's not really part of your pre-service teacher program that was more reserved for social work. And so looking to social work and what we as teachers can do, I said, I think that this could be a good direction. And um, 
they were wonderful. And I said, and I think it has to be social good at the top and ed tech way underneath. And they're like, that is so aligned to what we believe in. And so then we got to work. And so Teach Boldly for me really became um, just this like sandbox for me to explore things that I'm interested in. And so I, I had uh, the opportunity to share stories because if I'm talking about anything around social good, I have my one singular perspective and my one singular experience. And I really, that is something I think that has been the greatest lesson for me is that though I was traveling to schools in different parts of the world early on, and I thought, you know, we're talking about cultures and food and we're doing all of this work in our school. I really had no clue what education looked like in other parts um, of, the, of the world. And so that's what I, in the past few years, have, have set out to do is expanding my definition of, of education. And um, when I thought school was a building with walls and a ceiling and desks and a teacher, that's not necessarily the case. And so I, I, I'm constantly um, trying to find teachers who like share a picture of what does school look like where you're at in Nairobi or in Tanzania or in Turkey. And then I, it's just fascinating. So Teach Boldly allowed me to kind of start that conversation, spotlighting some educators, talking about innovative practices. Uh, I adhere to human-centered design. So this idea of um, spending a lot of time in the inspiration phase of learning. Jamie, you had mentioned with some lessons you had seen early on, you're like, why do we teach and then stop and then move on to the next thing and then start teaching that and stop and move on to the next thing. But it's this continual process of getting inspired, learning, then implementing and then starting all over again and saying, okay, well, let's go back. Um, what did we just learn and how can we improve on that? So oh, this, this idea of uh, being bold, I feel like we are like owning that right now in our careers. It's, I love what we're seeing with uh, teachers and students are just like standing up and saying, you know what, we are, we are here. And it's, it all is kind of this collision of global education, uh, technology and what we're seeing there and then interdisciplinary instruction. So this, this work of like the SDGs, some people will say, you know what, those SDGs, that's all about science, you know, that should be in the science curriculum, but then you'll have your humanities teachers go, no, 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 no. this is a humanities topic. And then even like PE and arts, like they're like, oh, well, we have a spot here. So I think we're seeing some really cool things happen. And I just, it's just fun. Yeah. And so authentic. It's so authentic. It's the learning is yes. And I think that really hooks the students. I remember we were doing a project with Africa and the only time we could talk to them was like six in the morning. And we thought, oh, fifth graders, six in the morning, we got to school. They were lined up. <laughs> they like, were oh, ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. And they remember Not that. a problem. Like, them, I mean, like when we, I, I have that same, like you picture yourself in that moment when we did the same thing and you had to get there early and it's dark and yes. I know people would bring, I like can smell the coffee. Like they were, it was different. So your body reacted in a different way and your commitment to that um, showed them that that was something that was valuable, that was important. And they, I mean, they take those things with them, it matters. Oh, it does. Would Teach Boldly be a book for anyone? So how, um, how Teach Boldly is designed, it's really for classroom teachers, um, coaches, educational leaders, 
I have had, so I do highlight some um, organizations at tech companies. So I have in the book, there's, so we as teachers now, different from when I started teaching, we are, you know, consumers. We are making instructional design decisions. So there's a, uh, a resource in there for um, evaluating resources as a teacher. And so I point ed tech companies to those often. And I'm like, check this out. Like, you know, does your mission involve educator voices? Do you know, like there's things in there for even ed tech companies. So Teachable really um, is designed for anyone that cares about taking action with educational technology in the classroom and through instructional design. And then I'm, I'm working on two new books. One will be a follow-up to Teach Boldly with more lesson plans and spotlighting educators. And then I have a book specifically on the SDGs. And so I'm working kind of in tandem on both of those. Well, I wanted to ask you, if you're a teacher, if I'm a, a teacher and I'm thinking, I'm really interested in this, what would be my first step? What, hmm. what would you suggest to just so, get started? Yeah, I think um, my advice always a couple of things. So first off, jump in before you're ready because you'll never be ready. You just oh, kind of have this great jump. advice. <laughs> just jump, be, be bold. We don't. None of us know exactly the perfect roadmap for it. So true. Um, find people that are um, also interested in the work. And my advice for doing that is Twitter. Really, for me, Twitter has been every opportunity, connection, friendship, even today, probably our podcast, it can stem back to my, um, my participation on Twitter and social media. And so if you're new to Twitter, check out hashtag. So the hashtag goals project, you'll find teachers there that are ready to welcome you in with open arms. That's one we just use. We have teach SPGs. And uh, specifically with the global goals. So if you're new to the SDGs, then again, it's global goals, SDGs, sustainable development goals, the goals, and there's all these names for these goals. But what I recommend, um, learn right along with your students. And that's, since these goals are new to the world in 2015, it's a great place to co-learn. So you can go online and print off, and they have this beautiful poster of the goals. It's great for if you're, early childhood or all the way up and just put that on your wall in your classroom or if you're in a virtual space just put it on the wall behind you and it's a great place for people to start a conversation like well, what, what are those and then you're like oh well these are the SDGs and I'm learning about them would you like to learn with me and you know when you give that invitation and a lot of times you we are like I'm, in, I'm interested I want to know more so those are just easy ways to start and then once you're in like if it's you're in on Twitter and meeting people, or if you're having conversations with people already in your um, in your community, in your school, then you know you just don't know what's going to come next. I didn't catch the website. Where would we go to get that sure. poster? So you can go, um, if you go to either teachsdgs.org, that's the teachsdgs website, or goalsproject.org, that will link you to resources. Um, but then, so we are just kind of the... Uh, education space for the global goals. If you go to the United Nations, there's like a huge movement. So across industries, you know, if you're looking at things around food sustainability, healthcare, whatever you're interested in, um, you're going to find out more work that's happening on the SDGs. And there's a lot of printable resources. There's lesson plans. It's a whole world 
um, committed to, to supporting students and their learning. Well, speaking of the United Nations, do teachers ever get to come and share what they're doing with the United Nations? Right. That's a great question. So a couple years ago, I would have said no. Like that's like the up on the hill. We don't go visit. Um, the doors are locked to, to us. But what I learned is yes. So first right now, the United Nations. So the United Nations headquarters is in New York City. And you can, there's, there's been for a long time opportunities. You can take tours, you can get involved in Model UN. Um, so right now it's closed, but they partner with us on some of our work. So we just did the, the goals project and they partnered with us on, they did like a, a virtual tour for students. So we have the, we have the link, but they also always have high level events and anyone's welcome to join. So they, they want to hear from community members. Um, and so what we've tried to do, similar to my work earlier on, where I said, like with ed tech companies, um, we've got to find a bridge between ed tech companies and classroom teachers, because both parties are kind of like ed tech companies don't want to bother classroom teachers. Classroom teachers don't really know that if their opinions are valued. And so we've got to bridge that. So that's, that's happening now, which is great. Um, kind of the same thing with the UN, but also other organizations. We do some we do some fun projects with NASA and with WWF and some different ministries of education. And so what I'm finding more and more, I think especially what we've learned in the past year is people are more accessible. They want to connect. They need that human connection. They value it. And so there are doors to get in. You just kind of have to, it's, it's, a little tricky to find that door and and what we've done and tried to do and we'll continue to try to do is to show teachers when there's all that noise out there like just press here just look here and then this is how you can get involved streamlining the approach for them yeah yeah so we have the sgds teach sgds we have the global goals what about the take action global how does that all relate because you're the co-founder of that also <laughs> yes so that's my work so that's um I remember I told you so when with Teach SDGs way back when I had uh, we went from two to 17 to to many so uh, one of our founding ambassadors Kuhn Temers he's in Belgium doing amazing work he and I started connecting more and more he had um, so he had an opportunity with Jane Goodall Institute so he's pals with Jane Goodall and he said he needed an instructional designer. That's my work. And he said, would you be interested in, in joining in? And that's like, oh, well, I don't have any time for that, but it's Jane Goodall. How do you say, <laughs> how do you say no? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yes. And so we started to build out curricula for her Roots and Shoots program, aligning them to the SDGs. And she's just been so wonderfully supportive. So we still run those programs. We, um, we also started a school in the Kakuma refugee camp. So we're doing teacher training there. And um, so Kuhn and I both uh, individually were starting to get interested and curious about this space about the same time. And then uh, we came together in 2019 with Teach SDGs. The SDGs are owned by all. So everyone on the planet owns the global goals. And we believe Teach SDGs is the same. Like it's a space, we all should own it. We didn't want to we didn't really want to organize that as a nonprofit, but we knew that there was work to be done. So Take Action Global is our 501c3 nonprofit organization. So that's 
where we're doing our projects. So we have our global projects. We've mentioned the goals project. We have the climate action project, which is in the fall. And so similar to goals project in that it's six weeks, we take action, but this is all around environmental literacy, climate change. Um, and that, that one, it's just like the timing I think of it last year, we ended up having over 2 million students join. So it was like wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. So it's just the two of us, but then we have this like wonderful network of volunteers. So teachers who are getting involved and leading groups, we have interns and mentors. So um, Take Action Global is, is our uh, group of educators committed to social change and social goods. So we are all about providing access to ideas and information and opportunities. And that looks different, you know, as we talked about, like, what is school, what is school today in 2021? So it's, I mean, we had, um, we had a student with our, with our goals project, we had, um, we did we do a global handshake. So every classroom, every student introduces him or herself at the beginning of the project and we use Flipgrid. And so we had one student, she's just like, she'll capture your heart. Her name's Phoebe and she's just like vivacious and amazing. And her teacher um, is in a hospital school, which I didn't even know existed. And so she teaches students who are very ill. And so they committed to the SDGs, which I was like, gosh these kids can do it than anyone can. And so, um, you know, it's, that's what we're trying to think through. And we have schools in different parts of the world that just don't have the resources that, you know, we just kind of think, of course you have that. So, so we're, 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 we're trying to find ways that we can connect students. We think genius exists everywhere and, and um, empowering them. Yeah. All these amazing outlets for, different ways to, for students to take action and empowering them That's to it. do so. Um, and yeah, I just, I love all that you do and I follow everything that you're doing all the time. So it's so important. I mean, it really, we cannot live in silos. We just can't. And we have to be doing this together. And you starting, as you said, preschool, that's the way to do it. Um, yes. It really, it really makes a difference. And uh I just can't wait to see what the next de next decade brings. Very exciting. <laughs> and Jamie, you Thank say you. you follow Jennifer on social media. So for our listeners that want to get started, how can they follow you? Um, I'd love to connect, and that for me, um, you know, this there's this. I don't. Do you all join for the one word movement every year? This idea. Yes. <laughs> so my one word this year is oxygen. And so I'd say the educators I meet on on social media and Twitter, and um, just through Global Project, they're my oxygen. But I'd love to connect and learn about what education looks like, where anyone in your audience is, or and what they're interested in in doing. Um, so my handle on Twitter, but it's also the same across platforms. So on Instagram or Facebook, LinkedIn is at Jen Williams EDU. So it's J-E-N Williams E-D-U. And um, my website is at or is www.jenwilliamsedu.com. And so I share on where I'm speaking and writing and uh, projects that I'm working on and just like things I'm curious about. So books I'm reading or podcasts I'm listening to and uh and I'd love to I'd love to hear from anyone 
Terrific. That would be great. Yes. I have to tell you, my one word is ampersand, the oh, and sign. Yes. Because I think that you can add value. And oh. the piece I also like is connecting. I love to connect people. So um, word. yeah, that was my word for this year. Very so, creative. Yes. It is. I love that. Mine should be decisive because I couldn't figure one out. So I know sometimes it's hard. I, it took me a couple of weeks this year. Yeah. I sent my message to my friend like middle of January and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it this year. And she goes, it'll come to you. And then I, and then I was like, thanks for being my, um, you know, you're always my oxygen. She was like, hmm. and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that became my one word. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's a great word too. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for yes. me. Like, um, you know, things that like, I'm oftentimes sitting in my desk. So like needing to get plowed and get oxygen, I brought plants in, but also just people and experiences that like give me sunshine and oxygen. And so I think we all need a little bit of that it's right what now. We need. It's what we need. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm going to be in touch with you. I have a couple of things Thank that I wanted you, to ask you about and talk to you about. So I will be in touch, um, but um, just thank you. I know you're so busy and I really appreciate you carving out time for us to share all of your amazing work. I know you're on the downside of the goals project. I'm sure you're obviously writing two books at one time. So <laughs> I doubt there's ever a downtime, but um, thank you again. We really appreciate this and we're so happy to share it. Yeah. Yes, so good. yes. Thank I you. think people will learn so much from this podcast and that how to move forward. Happy. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you so Jerry. much. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate you both. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to stay linked up, be sure to follow us on Apple and Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube.